that timing. We are live. That time enters the studio. Right as Big Tony comes in, we're live here for episode two, season one, EMQU. Big week this past week. Uh, two of our two of our hosts had nice wins for their clubs. One found out his team <laughs> might be the worst in college football, so that's great. Um, but our picks, we had some live dogs in our upset watch going on right there. Um, we, we talked about that Michigan might have trouble with Maryland, and uh, they did a little bit. It was a little bit de- uh, deceiving. We'll get into that more. But, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend of college football. On a slate that... Such a great intro video. Welcome back again. This is uh, week two, EMQU. Getting on the board. We are going to start with, uh, I think we're going to start with Clemson. We got to. Huge win for the Tigers this week. Double overtime thriller against Wake Forest. Kind of everything we said about the game uh, came came to fruition a little bit, although I didn't know if Sam Hartman could – finish the game off. He did. I mean, Sam Hartman wasn't the reason they lost that game. Um, but no. DJ coming out and silencing at least for a week, a lot of people in Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I think he had maybe his best game, definitely his best game of the season. Um, one of the better games I've seen him have in a Clemson Tiger uniform. Um, but Brendan, what did you think about the game this weekend? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is Clemson won a game the way people were worried they couldn't, um, which was if they get into a shootout game, like if their defense actually gives up points, if a team can move the ball and score on them, can they still find a way to win that game? Um, and they did. Uh, they, they, they got into that shootout. They fell behind multiple times and were able to drive down the field and score, um, force the game to go to overtime and then be able to, to squeak out a, a terrifying win. But I mean, in a game, they were up 14, nothing. It looked like they were going to run them out of the place initially. And then it became just a back and forth game. Um, but they won a game with their offense. And that was the thing people were worried they couldn't do. Uh, DJ played awesome, uh, especially late in the game. He played fantastic. Um, and yeah, I mean, their skill players made the necessary plays and in a game that, uh, the defense didn't play as good as they have played over the last year and a half, they still were able to win the game. Mm-hmm. So you got to be happy about it. Um, I know that it's going to let all the national skeptics still be like, ah, they're not that good. They barely beat, uh, you know, a, an okay ACC team, an above average ACC team. Um, but a win's a win. Um, and now they got to play NC State this week. But we're going to talk about that later. All they got to do is keep winning games. Uh, Clemson's definitely the kind of team um, that can drop weird games. But I think they're also the kind of team that all of the actual big-time teams don't want to play. 
No, I would definitely agree with that. And it's not going to get any easier. As you said, they have NC State coming into town this weekend. Um, something I was thinking about with Clemson over the weekend, though, is I feel like Clemson is a victim of their own success in a way and a victim of the fact that the ACC has been so down that when the teams around them, because, I mean, the ACC as a whole, I think, is getting better. I think Florida State has the best team they've had in a few years. I think NC State will see this weekend. NC State, that's a legit defense coming into Clemson. NC State offense has been starting a little slow this year, but um, they're a legit team. I mean, Wake Forest went toe-to-toe with Clemson. I think they're a legit team. Miami's stumbling a little bit. We're still kind of the jury's out a little bit on Miami right now. But, I mean, you have some bona fide teams now. I mean, Syracuse is 4-0 right now um, in the ACC. So I think that paired with – so the level of the ACC rising and not being kind of as down as it's been the past years. And then Clemson – when Clemson was walking through, and now Clemson yeah. is not walking through the conference. They're having close games. And, you know, they've set the bar so high. You had people coming in but before the year saying that Dabo had something to prove this year. Dabo has nothing to prove. Yeah, he has me? done more than enough at Clemson. Yeah. So I think Clemson is really a victim of the success they've had over the past few years and how much they've been running their conference. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Um, and that they now they, – that has caused them to not even get credit if they don't smoke the other right. team. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you win a close game, it's like, oh, they're actually not any good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then also to your point, Nick, like it's kind of like that Bama thing where if they lose like one game, everyone's like, what's wrong with Bama? Yeah. And it's like – other teams in the, in the whole culture would kill to go ten and one every year, um, but yeah, they're as you so as you pointed a, a, a victim of that prior su- success. And I think for the quarterback DJ, talk about just a victim of his of his like you know prede- predecessors Watson and Trevor Lawrence. No shit. Set the bar so high that I was in the camp just last week. I said I thought he was terrible, and that's why they were going to lose the game. And then he comes out and he he has a Lawrence type game. Right. Um, so props to DJ because when they needed it most, he showed up. And Brendan, yeah. you can attest to that that Clemson fan base is definitely rational, right? They definitely don't let what's happened over the past influence what they're I mean, they might in. be the I mean, I have experienced a lot of irrational fan base. They might be the most irrational fan base that exists on earth. <laughs> um, this is a fan base that prior to Dabo, prior to going to all these college football playoffs, prior to winning these national championships still acted like they were that this is a team that was like going you know w- winning eight games a season and every loss they acted like it was unfathomable like it was the most devastating thing in the world like every year they went in thinking they were the national champions now that they are that um it's beyond irrational um but the expectation being high now is kind of rightfully so i They've established themselves as a premier, the premier uh, program outside of the SEC and Big Ten. So, um, and, you know, I mean, they are in the last 10 years, 1A to Alabama. So, uh, you know, it's, they've been to four national championships. They've won two of them. It's, you know, they're, they're legit. Uh, And, and, you know, a quarterback not being a front runner for the Heisman is pretty much inexcusable. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very unenviable position, almost impossible to live up to. The other thing you get when you get to that peak and you're in that position is every week you're facing, I mean, that's the, the team that everybody has circled on their calendar. So you're getting every team's, I mean, Bama, 
your Georgia, your Clemson, you know, you're getting every week that team's best game. They're looking ahead to you. So um, you have to deal with that when you're at top of the mountain. I think Clemson's doing a good job of that. Um, it'll be, again, they have a big test. We'll talk about more against NC State this weekend. Um, but it was good to see them kind of answer the call. Another team that was being asked to answer the call after having some down years was Tennessee this week. Tennessee with a big game against Florida, um, a game that Florida had won 16 of the previous 17 meetings and just absolutely dominated Tennessee lately. Um, Hendon Hooker showed that he is going to be a name that you're going to have to hear for the rest of the season in the Heisman watch. He had an absolutely awesome game. Anthony Richardson also showed up and had a big game. Big I mean, time. in a game that I thought was going to be going to be dictated by how well Florida's defense could play. Um, Florida's offense matched Tennessee shot for shot. And, you know, things got a little bit weird at the end there, but um, Tennessee was able to squeak out a victory, but I think Tennessee passed the test. But I think Florida showed that they're they're legit this year, um, and they there's somebody that's going to give teams trouble each week. Yeah, what a weird play at the end of that game, though. When Anthony Richardson, they they call that clear quarterback sweep. He's got all of his linemen pulling a clear alley towards at least like the sideline, and he just like froze and then tried to cut up the field right into four Tennessee defenders. Fumbles the ball, game over. Yeah, just a Really interesting choice. Yeah. Absolutely. There were some very weird choices uh, in that game also. When when they scored uh, down – and they were down 11 and went for two. Yeah. yeah. One of the wildest things I've ever seen. I have no Wait, idea what that was. It made it, no sense, Matthew. They ended up getting the ball and scoring again, but, like, it, it didn't make any sense. No. Um, some weird stuff. But, yeah, it, Richardson is just such a freak talent. He has so much athletic ability that he can keep – if he's having a good day, he sure can keep you in a game with anybody. I was yeah. trying very hard to figure out. I was like, well, maybe there's something I'm missing. Like if they get two here, and I'm trying to do the math in my head, yeah. and I'm like, if somebody there scores, maybe they go up by three or – no, it was just he went for two to go for two. Just to yeah, <laughs> there's been a lot of really weird decision-making go for two extra point this year in a lot of games around the country. It seems like, I don't know if people are just getting like too smart or trying to outsmart themselves. They're um, just playing a, a little bit too much math. Or just yeah, bad at math. <laughs> I don't know if it's that common core math that's going on right now. That's got everybody having trouble, but uh, I don't know. There's been some very interesting coaching decisions, but overall, I mean, as entertaining as game as you can get, I mean, you can't ask for anything more in that three thirty CBS time slot. Um, just a great game, a great weekend of college football all around, but uh, Tennessee, Florida was a great game uh, as it always is. Um, and then a lot, I mean, not to be outdone the last game we kind of highlighted last week was uh, over in Dallas, Jerry world, uh, a last second field goal, something I've never seen off the top of the upright like that. Um, yeah. Just unbelievable. That miss by Arkansas and uh, Texas A&M just able to squeak out of victory in a game that, I mean, I personally thought Arkansas was the better team. Um, I still do kind of think Arkansas is the better team, even though they lost that game. I mean, I guess it's, you know, the, you're only as good as your record is, but um, I came out of that game feeling better about Arkansas than I still, Texas A&M still, uh, I, I just, I don't think they're offensively that they're that great of a team. I think defensively they can stop play with anybody, but offensively, I mean, they, they control the ball. Well, Max Johnson controlled the ball. Well, I, I just, I mean, Arkansas played a really bad quarter and a half of that game 
and yeah. that allowed Texas A&M to lose that game for or to win that game. I'm sorry. For the rest of that game, Arkansas was the way better team, but their bad quarter or quarter and a half was worse than Texas A&M's bad parts of that game. And I think that's kind of where the difference was. But uh, a game that I really thought Arkansas looked good in, uh, they just couldn't get the win at the end. Well, and I guess that the good news for the Arkansas team is that they get it. They get a chance this week to just kind of come back into things lightly and play against <laughs> Alabama and kind of kind of get things back on the right track. So they've had a fun schedule to open the year, huh? Yeah, just like an absolute gauntlet that Arkansas is playing. Um, yeah. They should have won that game. They absolutely should have won that game. They made a couple really bad mistakes, a couple really dumb plays, and then that field goal. I mean, they had every, they had so many opportunities that if the one play didn't go bad, they would have won. Like there was like five of them, mm-hmm. and uh, or just if you like shorten the field goal post. Yeah, <laughs> um, but just a crazy, crazy loss. I personally wish Arkansas won because it would be really cool for this week against Alabama if both teams were undefeated. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's going to be an awesome game. The way Arkansas's offense is built with uh, KJ Jefferson, the way, the way they just like slam the ball down your throat over and over um, all over the place. It's very hard to not have them be in the game with everybody, you know? Um, so I think, I think Alabama has got their hands full with Arkansas this week, but we'll, we'll get into that. But I, I really think Arkansas should have won that game. Um, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. There and I mean you mentioned it. Kudos. Let's I mean throw out some kudos to Arkansas. You mentioned out of conference. I mean they opened up the year at Cincinnati. I think they also went. I know they played BYU. I think they went to BYU also this year. So out of conference, taking on two you know top twenty five teams. Um, and then yeah, they just couldn't get through to, uh, the gauntlet to Alabama unscathed. Um, they get tripped up by Texas A and M. But I think that it actually makes them a little bit more dangerous against Alabama this week. I agree. Um, kind of that wounded dog. They're very well tested. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. be like overwhelmed by it. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I think that game is in Alabama, but I'm. It not. actually is in uh, Arkansas. 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 Last, year. Last year was in Bama. Last That's year's right. shootout. That's right. That's right. Was yeah, in yeah. Uh, Alabama. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere in Fayetteville this weekend, and uh, I think that'll be a great game. Um, but I mean, on Texas A&M side. You know, bounce, they bounce back against Miami, and then they won another game. So, I mean, they do keep winning, whether I'm impressed by it or not. It does not matter one bit. <laughs> um, they keep winning ball games. So, if they're going to keep doing that, they're going to be just fine. Um, and the, as they stay undefeated in SEC play, uh, but not and, in uh, not in Appalachian State play. Not no. Nope. If they play in the Sun Belt, <laughs> they do not. Um, so, a couple then upsets this weekend. Um, we talked about Miami earlier. Miami coming off that loss, a happened? good loss to Texas A&M. We all took away, you know, we like Miami. Mm-hmm. And then just going out and throwing up an egg against Middle Tennessee State. I think Middle Tennessee State had touchdowns of 98 yards, 86 yards, and 73 yards in that game. Yeah, and, and then there was another one of like 65. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just big play after big play. Tyler Van Dyke did not look great um, in that game. And uh, just Miami coming out and – really in a spot that you would want to see them, you know, stiffen up and just come out and show some life. They kind of said nothing, you know, Tyler Van Dyke had complained that the atmosphere in Miami wasn't great. Well, I mean, look at it now after you lost to Middleton State, <laughs> let's see how many people you're yeah. going to get at your games now. And um, if I'm not mistaken, did he, because when I tuned in and when they were losing, I tuned back and they, they made a quarterback switch. Was that for mm-hmm. injury or was that for performance? 
Um, because Jake, I believe Jake Garcia was in the game. Yeah. He threw 20 passes. So he I have absolutely no idea. I, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I missed that kind of at the end too. I didn't see when he came out, if it was injury or performance. I'm going to look that um, up. Cause I was, I was also yeah. curious if he got benched at home against middle Tennessee state, not a great look. It's not a great look. But and, if you, uh, if you're complaining about, um, the crowd in Miami, um, well, they're not known to be fair weather fans, so <laughs> it's not going to get worse. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like that's something. They, they used that, to leave heat finals games in like the third quarter if it wasn't. Yeah. Going. <laughs> Miami's never yeah. been that that place where if you're going for atmosphere and to have a yeah. great crowd, like that's not where you're going to go. It's, it's also you know, a weird college setup because well, it's in the Orange Bowl, so you ha- all the students have to like commute. Yeah, I believe it's like 45 minutes from the campus. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's the, not so very great. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke was benched. Was benched, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So not a good look. Um, no. So especially with, as we mentioned earlier, the rest of the ACC looking good, um, not a great time to be playing your worst football right now as they get into ACC play. Um, you had Oklahoma, who put a beating on Nebraska, uh, got brought back to or brought back down to earth by a former Nebraska quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who had just had a heck of a day for uh, Kansas State as they were able to uh, beat Oklahoma, uh, who was ranked number six at the time, and now it just turned the Big 12 completely on its head um, as far as we're going, as Oklahoma and Texas both fall um, in the same day um, as we're two weeks out from the Red River shootout or rivalry or whatever you're allowed to call it these days. Um, But Oklahoma and Texas both taking a loss this weekend. Um, I'm more worried about Oklahoma than I am about Texas. I think Texas is still playing without their best quarterback and Quinn Ewers, who hopefully will be back for that Oklahoma game. So if they can kind of ready the ship, I think they'll be fine once he comes back. Um, Oklahoma, uh, I am a little bit more worried about. They, you know, Their defense have been looking better and then giving up 34 points to Kansas State, a team that really hadn't shown that much life so far this year, um, is a tough look for Oklahoma and uh, Brett Venables. Yeah, um, the Big 12 is going to end up just being a – they're going to all destroy each other at some point and make it so no one from that conference ends up with national relevance, it seems like to me. Um, yeah, the, the teams are all just have big flaws. Uh, it, I will say about um, Martinez, he, this is a perfect example of someone who should just have an exemption to play at Nebraska forever. Um, just like, you know, there should be one, the one guy at every school who's just allowed to play at that school forever. Yeah. Um, and the fact we've been like 10 years of a Martinez being the QB in Nebraska. <laughs> and it's just, it's sad to see it's so I mean, Kansas state. Come on. It's so that's so really true. my take on that. Yeah. Yeah. And a tough look, uh, Texas tech coach after the game, when he was asked about if they were going to continue playing Texas after Texas went to the sec, he, uh, he said, I believe, well, we would love to, but I think tonight shows you why they won't. So, <laughs> Took a little shot at the long. Gotta home. love that. I mean, Texas yeah. loves Texas loves to dump one of those games every year. They yeah. one or two. They yeah, just absolutely. So I uh, also and, love the the coach of the Texas Tech team that goes seven and five every year, acting like there's some sort of a powerhouse that nobody <laughs> wants to play. I well, also, he need, I also no, it's that. They, there is a lot of job security for him in beating Texas. It's just true. like Nick said about Michigan State getting a win over Michigan. You know, yeah, yeah. true. No, absolutely. It's a. Uh, I thought that was a great, a great kind of shot taken by him, especially coming off the the news of the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game that they're not going to continue Bedlam, 
um, after Oklahoma goes to the SEC. Um, and a, a lot of reports coming out that it's very similar. Oklahoma wants to, Oklahoma State wants to keep playing. Oklahoma doesn't. Um, hmm. That one, I think, the uh, after a couple years since they're both state universities, I think you'll see um, some politics reach in and get that game going back up. I'm um, kind of similar that you to what you saw with West Virginia and uh, Pitt getting back together this weekend. So um, you're, that is another thing we didn't touch on uh, last week when we were talking about the conference realignment is losing those kind of rivalry yeah, games so like the Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the fact that you're not going to play it out of conference is – I mean, I get it, especially with the way the playoffs going to be structured, but it, it does suck for the fans for sure. Yeah, so you I mean, no longer get a USC Stanford, but you get like a one USC of the few Rutgers. real good things of college football. I mean, that's yeah. one of the main draws of college yeah, football. It's like the rivalries and the atmosphere yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is too bad. Um, you had a couple close calls. Um, I put USC on upset watch, and they narrowly escaped an upset up in Corvallis against I, Oregon State. I thought you um, had that one. Yeah, well, it was interesting because that's not the way I – I didn't see a 17-14 game, and I think that says a lot about USC in a positive way, that they can go win a game like that um, where uh, they're not scoring a bunch of points and their offense has – or their defense has to kind of hold them into. So I thought that was um, – very telling of USC that they have a team that can win a game a few different ways. Um, and then your Michigan club, who we said Maryland is going to be by far the best team they played. I would love to see that game played again without Maryland fumbling the opening kickoff and giving Michigan a touchdown right away. Yeah. Because after that play, Maryland took care of that first half, I thought. Yeah, um, I, I thought Maryland – slowed down a lot towards the end of the game. And I think that speaks a little bit to the difference in depth you have on Michigan versus Maryland. Um, and I yeah. think the final score being a touchdown was a little, I think it was more of a 10 point game maybe towards the end. I agree. Um, yeah. But they came out and uh, that fumble really got them going. But after that, Maryland was able to run the ball and pass the ball against that Michigan defense. Yeah. I would, you know, when I was watching the game, um, it was never, it never, it was weird because it never, even if you take away that fumble, it never felt like the game was in danger though. But Maryland was like close and in it. Like I never, there wasn't that moment where you were like, boy, Michigan doesn't seem to have it today. I mean, they were running the ball all over Maryland. They ended up having Blake Corum had like 240. Um, they were running all over him. Uh, JJ McCarthy, this is the best competition he's played as a full-time starter. And there was a bit of the happy feet back there in the pocket where he was doing that thing where, you know, guys just run around in circles trying to make guys get open and ends up kind of, you know, being worse than just get – trust your first read, J.J., and just get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Maryland was tough. Um, you know, yards per carry was good on the – for. I mean, I, I thought Michigan actually held the run game kind of in check. Their leading rusher had like 40-something yards. Um, but Tua's brother is – he is a legit quarterback, man. He was making some great throws. And yeah. that fumble to open the game just really, yeah, it was a gift of a gift of seven points. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would like to see what happened if they didn't do that. But it never felt in danger. Michigan got their legs under them, and it was like, okay, this team is different. You saw it on, like, the Michigan defense. The first drive for Maryland, they were slow off the ball. They were slow to the they were they were slow to the tackle because they were like used to playing the UConn, um, but then they got into that gear where it's like okay we're back to knowing what we're up against. It's, it's like the Big Ten. I think this is 
I think Michigan is looking good now for a couple of weeks. I don't think Iowa poses any sort of threat. No, no, I, I would have to beat you three, nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- th- I do agree with Nick though. That first spotting you that touchdown was huge because oh, big time. I do think it took Michigan a little while to adjust to playing real competition. And if yeah. they hadn't been spotted that they might've been down enough to not be able to end up winning the game, you know? Well, and so then if you're losing, there just wasn't enough time for them to win right. the game. Um, because they were clearly the better team, but it definitely took them a little while to assert that. I would um, agree, yeah. And if you're losing, you can't just hand the ball to Blake Corum every time. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have to have J.J. McCarthy make some plays and beat you with his arm if, if you end up losing. So, um, But like you said, I don't see them having any other trouble um, in the next coming weeks, certainly not with Iowa. I think they're going to take care of Iowa. What They got doing. Penn State in three weeks. That yeah, Penn that'll State. That'll be a three. nice test. So right now, the East, right now, you're really looking at Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Um, it's really a three-horse race. You know, coming in the season, you thought Michigan State would be there, and they are definitely not. Nope. That is a uh, – I mean, I, I can go in on that program real quick if you want because I don't know. So we gave uh, a, uh, a coach – Ninety-five million dollars because he beat Michigan twice. Uh, once in a COVID year where your team had two, uh, three wins on the season. Um, you're a secondary coach who had the worst pass defense in college football last year and is currently trending that way again this year. Um, I haven't seen a semblance of any sort of pass defense that isn't give the other team 10 yards, stay behind them and make a tackle um, and then hope that they turn the ball over or miss a field goal. That seems to be Michigan state's entire defensive strategy. Um, They just got embarrassed at home by Minnesota 34 to seven PJ Fleck came in and just took it out and laid it at midfield and said, what are you going to do about it? And he just did like a Baker Mayfield planted in the ground in the middle. He might as well. He should have because that was the, least amount of heart that I've seen a team play with. I mean, they lost 34 to seven and the game was not even that close. I think at one point in the second half, the yard total yards were 277 to one. Uh, Minnesota was out gaining wow. Michigan State. And so then, Michigan State just yeah. has fallen off a cliff this year. Now they'll probably go and beat Michigan just because that's the way that they tend to do this. They'll go and they'll trip somebody up this year. Um, but but maybe not because I've never te- seen a team kind of give up the way they gave up. Um, they just they there's nothing promising out of that. And I think you're seeing last year you saw the good side of the transfer portal. I think this year you're seeing the tough side of the transfer portal, where you're a team like Michigan State, a coach like Mel Tucker who works that portal so much that you don't know what you're going to have year in year out. Um, and I think we're seeing that a little bit this year. Yeah, and Nick, I would even add, like, yeah, he's got those two wins against Michigan. You point out one was the COVID year, and a win's a win. But the second one, Michigan was up big. Yeah. And they blew a lead, and Kenneth Walker was amazing. But, like, if that game if that game stayed the way it, it, it was going, and Michigan won by 21, yeah, does Mel still have a job? I think he still has a job. I don't think he has the bank account he currently has. <laughs> And I don't think you're going to have the obnoxious Michigan State fans that you have all off season about. Oh, Tuck's coming, Tuck's coming. Yeah, Tuck's here, and he's not showing me shit. Right <laughs> so, and I mean, that's that's my school. I have him fucking tattooed on my body. Like that is my school. That is my team. And right now, we're an embarrassment, and we don't deserve to talk at all. Everybody can pile on because when we were at the top, 
we were taking shots at everybody. So get your shots in now. And it might be a minute before we're back up there again. You hear that, guys? Nick is keeping those uh, receipts. He's keeping I, I came into this year thinking Michigan State was going to be good. I, I didn't know I did enough, too. I guess. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, not good. Not good. No. Yeah. no and I but they, but they are going to beat Michigan, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Although, <laughs> don't give me I don't know about that. Yeah. That game was supposed to be in East Lansing, but there was some crying done, and that game got moved to Ann Arbor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. All right. So that really – I mean, is there anything else this guy – top 25 that happened this week? Um, I think we kind of touched on all the big spots. Um, I mean, there was a lot of close games out there, uh, but just kind of that was it for this week. You guys have anything else you want to add about anything that went on this week in the games? No, I would add for the USC game, and you brought it up how USC, you know, proved they can win these kind of games. I don't, for, to be honest, USC's goal, I don't think USC's goal is to, they don't have to look good in mm-hmm. these games because their only path to the college football playoff is they got to probably just win the, win the Pac 12 and just go win un- every game. And they got to go unbeaten. Yeah. So the wins are what matters for them. And if yeah. they're winning even 7 6 or 11 10 Bronco style, the win is what matters for USC because that's their only path to that college football playoff. Well, and I think it's going to be a clear path too, because I think like Brennan was talking about earlier, I think some of these other conferences, there's going to be a lot of like cannibalization, like yep. a lot of the big 10 teams. A are lot of that, like, yeah, a lot of that, like a Army lot Hammer. Of the, oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of the big 12 teams are going to beat each other. You're going to have some SEC. So I think if USC can just steady the ship and win out, they're going to be in a great place come playoff team. I, I'd be, I can almost certainly, if they win every game, if they're undefeated, they're in. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's, that's they'll, they'll probably be one of only two teams that don't have a loss if they do do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Correct. So. Them in Michigan. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Good luck with that. I mean, your schedule is kind of a cakewalk other than two games, but. Yeah. And we're going to lose those two games. So don't worry. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, all right. So, we're going to get on to, uh, I think, everyone's favorite segment. We're going to do say, uh, do you remember that guy? So you guys went. I think you guys went. Two. We'll, we'll call it. Two Brendan. Three Brendan killed year. it last week. Yeah, two, two for three. three last week. Um, I have given these over to my tester earlier tonight, and uh, he went. We'll call it one and a half out of three. Um, we oh. had to give him a lot of hints for the first one, but he ended up getting there. Um, okay. All right. So we're going to start with player one. So player one, I was fifth in Heisman voting in 2010 after I had 1,782 yards, which is still a Big 12 record. I hold the single-season receiving touchdown record with 20. This was also in my sophomore year. Michael Crabtree? No. Close. In 2011, my junior year, I had 122 receptions and won the Fred Bolitnikoff Award. Justin Blackman? That is correct. Nice. nice. Blackman, yeah. Oklahoma nice. State. He was uh next it was he was drafted fifth overall. Jaguars. He was, he was Jaguars. awesome. He was yep. amazing. He was great. Personal he, issues. Him and uh Brandon Whedon were the great duo that they had. Yeah, at Justin State Blackman was a monster. He had a great rookie year in the NFL, had 865 yards, started 14 games, and then was suspended for the rest of his career, essentially. Was yeah. he a weed guy That's, or was he? Yeah, he was a weed guy. Or wasn't he also some other stuff guy? He was, I think he just liked to have a good time. Well, yeah. I think he had multiple DUIs. There was some sort of other 
uh, violent incident, I believe. There was a lot of oh. bad stuff with him. Yeah, well, he, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke before you mentioned all that stuff that I was like, if he's just a weed guy, like little, like no, you know, it wasn't. That if it he, was much. It was more yeah, than a weed guy. Just some, did some stuff some with a, with a bunch of a yeah. massage therapist. He could still be playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you got a guy with braces in college, you know they can go either you, two you ways. You gotta get it's real. <laughs> you can't trust them. No, you're tough to trust. So, do you remember that guy? They do. he was a monster though. He was oh, so he was good. unbelievable. In yeah, college. unbelievable. Um, but Michael Crabtree, he was he's part of that those few years in a row that the Big yeah. Twelve had the awesome receivers. He yeah. had Des Bryant, Michael Crabtree, Justin Blackman. Yeah. Um, so that was good. So player number two, we're gonna move to the other side of the ball here. I finished ninth in Heisman voting in 2007, highest of any defensive player that year. I won the 2007 SEC Defensive Player of the Year, leading my team to a conference championship. I also won the 2007 National Championship, and my defensive coordinator, Bo Pelini, called me the best defensive player he had ever coached. I was drafted fifth overall in the 2008 draft, and I played 92 games over seven years in the NFL for Kansas City and San Francisco before retiring in 2015. I was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2020. Was that Glenn Dorsey? It is Glenn Dorsey. Good call. Good defensive call. Defensive end. And you from said LSU. Chiefs. That yeah, I didn't yeah. get it until you said Chiefs. I was trying yeah. to think of who were the Chiefs. Yeah, good job. Yeah, Glenn Dorsey from LSU had a oh, yeah, monster he was career. Insane. Oh, yeah. That LSU defense that, that that was crazy. He was a monster. That defense yeah. was it's the last miles championship. Uh, Bo Pelini was the defensive coordinator. Who was the quarterback of that team? Was it was it was it yeah, Randall? Matt Flynn. Was Matty, was it Matt Flynn or Matty Mock? Oh, I think that one was Matt Flynn. I was think Mock, Flynn? Mock's ringing a bell. Matty Mock was right around that same time too. So yeah, yeah. I think that team Flynn. was Flynn though. I, but I might be wrong. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have a Matty Mock Matty Flynn segment next week. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So put put a bookmark in that. <laughs> All right, and player number three, we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball now. I finished ninth again in Heisman voting. I was the in 2008. I was the only defensive player that year. I won the 2008 Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year and the Chuck Bednarik National Defensive Player of the Year. Despite being projected by many to be a first-round pick, I fell to the second round when I was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. I played eight years for Cincinnati before playing my final season in Miami, where I appeared for six games in 2017 for the Dolphins. Do you remember that guy? This is the only one that our tester got immediately. Weird. Okay. Um, Pac-12, 2008, Defensive Player of the Year. Pac-12. Who played for Cincinnati? And he was he was drafted by the Bengals. He was drafted by the Bengals in the second round in two thousand. Uh, I think it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Right down, um, and then he played uh, there every year except his um, last year. Oh crap! Year. I know it. Uh, Ray Maluga. Ray Maluga is the answer. <laughs> Going three for three Goodness this game. Week. Let's go. Let's go. Nice. Ray Maluga. He was. So uh, Come on. I get yeah, there we go. Ray Maluga. Yeah, Ray Maluga. Wow. So there it is. That's uh you guys I remember, remember him, I don't remember him playing for Miami. He played for Miami. So 2017 he played six games and okay. it was his last season, then he retired. So I yeah, don't know. I remember how. him on the Bengals for sure. He had the long flowing hair and oh yeah. Oh yeah. There. 
Yeah, yeah, no, he was well, fun. So there we go, three for three on remembering that guy this week. Way to go, fellas! Good work. Way to go. I love that segment. His love good it. Ones. We were yeah, talking. That's, that's my favorite. Se- that's the most fun thing on earth. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about uh, getting a little set up for some uh, so some sports trivia going forward. Might be a little special broadcast. Oh, a little a little em emqu trivia. Oh uh, yeah, a little trivia night. Trivia night's always a big money grabber. Trivia yeah, night. I love trivia. Oh night. yeah, like a oh, trivia night yeah, like a pub night. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll be the EMQ pub. We'll get the trivia going. Yeah. Sure. All right, guys. So as we look into this week, a much more full slate of action uh, this weekend. A lot of top twenty-five matchups going on. So we're going to highlight three of them. The first one, we're going to go back to the SEC in what I think could be a really great game. Um, and I think. We'll talk about it a little bit. I think you can make some money on this game because I think the line in this game is absurd right now. Um, we have Kentucky going to Ole Miss. Um, Kentucky ranked number seven in the country. I think Ole Miss right now number 14 or so, like something right in there. Not that rankings really matter at this point. Um, both teams coming in 4-0 in the season. Uh, Kentucky does have one conference win. They went down and took care of Florida um, earlier this season. You've, you've um, wet so they, my taste buds. I need to know the line. They definitely have the line is Ole Miss minus six right now. Ole Miss minus six against Kentucky. Yeah, that was kind of my thought as well. Interesting. Um, okay. So both teams had one possession games against kind of inferior opponents last week. Uh, Ole Miss squeaking by Tulsa 35-27. And then uh, Kentucky just getting by by a touchdown, Northern Illinois, um, you know, the home of one of our EMQ athletes. Rocky Lombardi, he wasn't playing this weekend, but his team lost by a touchdown to an SEC opponent. So good for Northern Illinois, good for the Huskies this week. They uh, went down to Kentucky and gave them all they had. Um, but Kentucky was able to come out. Both teams, as I said, 4-0 on the season. Um, this isn't the Ole Miss team that you've seen over the past few years. This is a much more run-heavy Ole Miss team. Um, they do have Jackson Dart at quarterback, and I think he finally cemented himself as the starter um, going forward the rest of the season. Um That being said, running the ball is not exactly what you want to be doing against this Bob Stoops defense. Kentucky, one of the better run defenses in the country. Kentucky also getting running back Chris Rodriguez back this week, which I think is going to make a massive difference. Kentucky only right now averaging 2.4 yards per carry this season. They're going to get their star running back back this week. I think that's going to be good. On the other part of the offense, Will Levis has a 10.1 yards per reception right now. So they are able to move the ball through the air. I think it's going to come down to Kentucky defense and Ole Miss being able to do anything against them. Um, like I said, much more run heavy this year than Ole Miss has been in the past. Um, I like Kentucky to win this game outright. Um, so I definitely like them with the six points that you're getting. I think Kentucky wins this game 25-17, something like that. Um, but uh, your guys' thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have, all my alarms are going off. Trap. Trap, trap. It's a trap. It's a trap, trap. <laughs> All the alarms, because every bone in my body says Kentucky will not just cover the win the game. Yeah. So I think Kentucky's a better team. Just from my having watched both teams, I would would have my instinct would have said Kentucky's better. So the line seemingly is begging you to bet Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a trap city. Um, I'll still end up going Kentucky, I think. But man, uh, doesn't it ring the alarm bells? It does. It does. And I I think the safe bet would be to take the points with Kentucky. 
Yeah. Because I think it might be a close game, but I think Ole Miss wins this game. I think it's a 28 23, kind of like five, six point ball game. I think Ole Miss wins the game. Um, but I think the safe bet is to take the points because they're giving you a, pretty much a whole touchdown in what's going to be a tightly contested game. Yeah, right now. One, though. I mean, which one is more, which one here's a better, which one's more fun if they win and are, are sitting, you know, moving up to the top five in the rankings, et cetera? I think Kentucky, really. I think Kentucky. Because I think. I think Kentucky makes it more – I think Kentucky has more fun games on the schedule. That's yeah. true. I, I do think there's something to be said for, like, the program of Ole Miss being a top-five football team. Yeah. Um, but – You have Lane Kiffin up in the Kentucky's top five. a more fun team. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, the other the other thing is interesting on this game, too, that to go along with the line, is the over-unders at 55-and-a-half right now. I think that this is screaming under. Yeah, I'm sure. Agree. I think that's a really high. So I, I like Kentucky and the under in this game, which means it'll probably be Ole Miss in the over. Yeah. Um, but right now, Kentucky's only given up 81 yards a game. And Boy, do I like that under. Oh my, I'm yeah. actually gonna. I'm going that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because, like we said, it's not the old Miss team that's going to run up and down, run and gun up and down the field. They no, no are taking their time in possessions. They're more of a run-heavy team. So. so yeah, I really like the under on that game, and I think Kentucky wins outright, but I think it's going to be a good game. Um, so it looks like we're 2-1 to one Kentucky on that with uh, Anthony liking Ole Miss. Um, we're going to move out of the SEC now, um, and then we're looking at two teams. One, one Anthony, you actually put an upset watch last week, and that was Baylor, and they uh, they got a test from Iowa State, but uh, they were able to go in there and beat, beat, up on, or beat them 31-24. Um, their one loss this year coming in overtime to BYU, and then they are taking on. Uh, they have Oklahoma State coming into town. Um, Oklahoma State three and zero on the year had a very early bye week. They're coming off a of bye week this week, um, so we'll see kind of how that plays into this. The last um, time these teams played was a hell of a game. And hell end game. around, I have no idea still how he didn't get he to didn't the pylon. No, yeah, no, and that would have changed. That would have sent them to the playoff if they got, he got to that pylon. Oklahoma State's in the playoff. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the chip on their shoulder. Oklahoma State, as said, as you just mentioned, this is a rematch of last year's Big Twelve title game that kept Oklahoma State out of the playoff. Um, Baylor opening up again, another line. Uh, Baylor opening up as two and a half point favorites. Um, this is a one thirty kickoff at Baylor. Um, I think they're very similar teams. Um, I think Baylor is a much more balanced offense. I think they have a much better running game, whereas I think Oklahoma State likes to pass the ball more um, and uh, almost pass the setup they're running away. Um, but I think Oklahoma State has a better defense than Baylor has right now. Um, both teams not allowing a lot of points or yards. Um, Baylor QB Blake Shapin, who came into the year as a backup, actually is really – taking that starter role, and I, don't, I think he's looked pretty good. He seems to be getting better each week. Um, so I think it's going to be a good game. Um, again, I like the underdog to win outright here. I think Oklahoma State wins this game. Um, I think it's going to be like a 31-27 type of game. Um, I think it's going to be close, a good game. But um, I think Oklahoma State is just a little bit better of a team than Baylor is this year. I would agree. I like Oklahoma State in this game as well. I think both score in like the mid-20s, but I like Oklahoma State to win this. The under, a lot of the public money right now is moving under. It's 56 and a half is the under over. Yeah, I mean, it's um, two, great, two very good defenses. Yeah, and that's a that's a big number. That's a big number, 56 mm-hmm. and a half. 
Um, so I like the under. I'll I'll go with the public there, but I think I like Oklahoma State to win this game. I have a hard time having an opinion on that over under because it's a it's a weird because of the matchup. I don't I could see these teams ending up going up and down the field on each other. Even though I do I do like both defenses a decent amount. Um, but Baylor's game last week kind of showed that you can you can score on them. Um, so, but I, I am. Mm, I'm inclined to agree with both of you and go with Oklahoma State. Uh, that's kind of the way I lean. I think. Um, Meme alert. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. I almost just changed my mind, but I, I think Oklahoma <laughs> State's gonna win the game. I just think that they are the better team slightly. I and, think they're coming up a week. Uh, they've had two weeks to prepare all that. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I mean, I think these are two of the more underrated coaches in college football too. Uh, Mike Gundy and Dave Aranda. Is he now a man, and is in in and is he now fifty? What is he at right now? Yeah, he's, he's more than that now. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was sneaky a long time ago. What, really, it was like <laughs> wicked long ago now. Yeah. So he's a man, and now he's 60. he's probably like almost sixty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's he's getting up there. Um, but Dave Aranda really took over this program when they were. I mean, you could not be any lower after kind of what went on with Art Bryles and that whole situation. Um, got really ugly there in Waco, and he's been able to come in there and really right the ship. And led him to a Big 12 championship last year. Um, so, I mean, not enough can be said about the job that Dave Aranda's done down at Baylor. Um, but as you guys said, I think Oklahoma State, I, I think there's going to be a revenge factor this year, too. I think mm-hmm. they're, or this week, too. I think they have a little chip on the shoulder after how things ended last year. And uh, I think they come in, I think they get the win uh, at Baylor. Um, and then last game of the week, we talked about him last week, but I don't know how we can not talk about him this week. Huge matchup, 7 30. At Death Valley, or what Clemson calls Death Valley, I think other schools would, oh. have, would take umbrage with that. But uh, we won't go there right now. Clemson minus seven against NC State coming in. Um, this I think is going to be a very different game than they had against Wake Forest. I think it's going to be another challenge. But this NC State defense is way better than the Wake Forest defense. Um, they they're right now only giving up eleven point eight points per game. They're only giving up a 56.2 completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks right now. So that's going to be something here to watch with DJ. Can he complete his passes down the field and kind of feed off what he did last week? Um, they have maybe arguably the best linebacker core in the season with Drake or in the country with Drake Thomas, Isaiah Moore, and then Peyton Wilson. So this NC State defense is great. Their offense has started a little slow. Devin O'Leary was a dark horse candidate coming into year for the Heisman. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, 890 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions right now. Um, and they're, they're running game about a buck 80 a game. Hasn't really found its legs yet. The weak part of this NC State right now team would seem to be their offensive line, which is not where you want to have a weakness going against Clemson. And that's the reason that I think Clemson's going to take this game. Um, I think they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to cover. I think seven's a lot of points. Um, right? So- it's, a, it's a lot of points. I thought that too. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, I see them line. like kind of like a 21-17 game, something like that this week. I don't think it's as high scoring as we saw against Wake Forest. I'm in an odd spot here where I'm not normally high on Clemson the last couple of years because of the quarterback situation. So maybe I'm riding too much of a recency bias here. But I think this is the kind of game where Clemson whacks them. I honestly can see it. I can see like a 30-20 to 20 type game and I can see Clemson. So I have Clemson covering that six and is it six and a half? Seven. I got them. I got them covering it. And I think they might whack them in this game. I think this is one of those games where NC state 
maybe isn't ready for the big for the big contender of Clemson and Clemson's got a little bit of that momentum and they're riding high offense is looking good DJ's feeling comfortable and they it's in Death Valley tonight game I think Clemson wax them so I'm gonna go Clemson and I'll and I'll and I'll take the points yeah I think Clemson having this game at home is huge um with their opponent's weakness being the offensive line with their strength being the defensive line uh the other team gonna have to go off of a lot of silent counts gives them that extra jump. I, I think Clemson's defense is going to eat them up a lot early. Um, and, you know, Clemson's offense kind of found their legs a little bit last week. Uh, this is a game that uh, obviously matters a ton there. Um, it kind of opens up the whole season for them if they get through this game. Um, I think Clemson does win this game. Uh, the better bet is Dabo's 40 time coming down that hill. This man is going to be hauling ass for a game like this. Um, he needs to make sure this is about him. So he is going to be flying. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like Clemson in this game. It's going to be a fun one to watch. That place is going to be wild for this game. Wild. Yeah, yeah, that def- Clemson defensive front is about to get highlighted uh, on a big stage here. They're crazy good. And against a weak offensive line, it's big trouble. That's one of the best openings in all of sports when they get on the like bus. They drive the little bus in a little and they, circle. And and they're like, yeah, the bus drives it. <laughs> I will, it is one of the better openings. I will say Howard Rock, a little underwhelming. I thought it was going to be a little bit more than it was. I mean, it's, just a, it's a rock on a. On I know. A, I thought it was going to be just a. They put a rock on a podium. Like, no, I think it's kind of got like Plymouth Rock vibes where it gets a lot of shine. Plymouth Rock is worse. Plymouth it. Rock is worse. Objectively <laughs> worse. Howard it's Rock is at least in the middle of a giant, really cool ass looking stadium at the top of the cool, the hill is the cooler part. The hill yeah. is cool. The yeah, running down the hill, which somehow people aren't blowing their knees. It's I was yeah, just no. going to say Nobody's how we haven't had a massive injury coming down that hill is beyond me. It's, uh, um, it's, it's one of the most miraculous things in all of sports that there isn't a significant injury yearly there. I mean, we saw what happened to Sterling Shepard last night, just walking on a field. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. A lot of high impact running down that hill. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. As somebody, I mean, I got to experience it firsthand as we saw, I believe we saw Eddie Royal take a. Oh, Eddie Royal for Virginia Tech absolutely murdered Clemson in that stadium. And uh, he had two punt return touchdowns. Uh, he had two punt return touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, and a pick six that game. Yeah. He played he, defense and had a he pick massacred six. massacred Clemson single handedly. Yeah. Eddie Royal, that was a wild game. Thank God I just had Brendan lick his hand for, so I could get into that game and I didn't have to get a ticket. I you, don't had a know what stamp, you had a stamp on your hand. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, those are the days. stamped each know. other. Probably had a lot, of, lot to drink. <sighs> yeah, no, that was uh, it was something. I believe your roommate. That's like the way that you would get into room. every single bar downtown in Burlington back then is you just do the little stamp transfer yeah. to get it. Yeah, we, we were were we on the hill for that one, Nick? Yeah, we oh, were. We were on yeah, the hill. We yep, I remember watching Eddie Royal run at us. Yeah. Yeah, we were definitely on the hill. Uh, for sure. I believe I took your English class that morning as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a, it was a good time, but yeah, I think Clemson wins this week. It was funny, Anthony, when you were talking about that, they're going to wax my f- initial, when I was started to first look at this game, I thought it reminded me a lot of the game of the Wake Forest Clemson game from last year where Wake Forest was coming in, having their best time in a while. And they went into Clemson and got absolutely embarrassed. Um, the more I looked at it, the more I kind of like NC State's defense uh, to keep it close a little bit. But mm-hmm. if DJ is going to come out and just he's going to be what we saw against Wake Forest going forward, I think anybody in the ACC is going to have a tough time stopping Clemson. And I think, that, like Brendan said, if they can get through the Wolfpack this weekend, it really opens up the rest of the season for them to have 
um, just do some really big things this year. Um, so that was kind of again. There's a lot of good games this year. Wake Forest uh, is playing or this weekend. Wake Forest is playing Florida State in another big uh, ACC battle. See how they bounce back. Florida State coming off a big win. Um, and then in the Big Ten this weekend, Minnesota. Uh, we talked talked about them a little bit earlier. Coming off a huge win against Michigan State, they play Purdue. And if Aiden O'Connell is back for Purdue, I think those are the two best teams in the Big Ten West. And I think the winner of that game will be the sacrificial lamb to whoever comes out of the Big Ten East um, in that Big Ten championship game. Um, and then a couple of big games still out in the Pac-12. Um, we got the Baylor uh, Oklahoma State game. So a lot of games this weekend that are going to tell us a lot about who's going to end up at the top of these conferences come the end of the year. Um, just a really good weekend all around. I'm looking forward to college football this weekend. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we uh, get out of here for the night? No, I, I just love um, – it's really a great uh, image of how fairly the Big Ten is split that um, one of the sides, the scary <laughs> second-best team is Purdue. Uh, <laughs> it's depends, depends how you feel about Iowa. but yeah. Minnesota and Purdue. Uh, <laughs> it's just – okay. But, yeah. <laughs> And the yeah, other is Ohio State and Michigan. It's just Ohio you know. State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan yeah, State. I know. It's, it's I mean, Maryland would probably be the best team in the Big Ten West this yeah. year too. Yep. Like I would agree with that. So um, yeah, it's a Nick. Really I got I got three three dogs that I want to throw at you guys right here prior okay. to us signing off it. here. Yeah, and I, I got we got to throw upsets. Yeah, a couple of yeah. them are some point dogs, and then I, I like one being just outright. Uh, one I really like is Kansas plus three against Iowa State. Kansas is at home. They're playing well right now. It's Kansas. It's fun. Worst helmets in all of college football. Just the giant bird that's just objectively too large on the helmet. Um, I like Kansas. I like Purdue. You just, you, you just mentioned Purdue. I like Purdue yep. against Minnesota. Um, and then give me 17 and a half points. I like Arkansas against Alabama. Arkansas last year put them in, in Tuscaloosa to the brink. 42-35. They needed a Bryce Young game-winning drive. Uh, I, I think Arkansas at home getting 17 and a half. Um, I like that bet if you're going in, into the points. And if you want a real fun money line, give me Arkansas outright in an upset. No, I, I love like that. that one. I love Arkansas. I mean, I'm just a big Arkansas guy. Yeah. Also, that's going to be the biggest football game in Lawrence, Kansas in a while. Uh, Yo. next week, yeah. next weekend, uh, another yeah. program that Lance Leopold has just on the rise. Jalen Daniel, the transfer from Arizona state, really just going out there and showing that he's a big time quarterback in Kansas, a team. I know it was only against Duke this year or this weekend, but it just kind of felt like, you know, Kansas over under coming into the season was two and a half. Yeah. Now it they're felt right. Like it just, it, it feels awesome. a feel good story that Kansas they, Duke they could double duel. their, they could double their wins over and under with a win this week against Iowa State. Yeah. So I like I like Kansas and I'm glad I'm glad they're gonna be spotlighted. And I think that's a good spot right against Iowa State this week, especially at home. Um it's gonna be much different than when Baker Mayfield went into uh Kansas and told them all to go watch basketball. So uh, I like that look this weekend. Brendan, any uh, upset alerts that you want to put anybody on? Uh I'll just I'll take Oregon State. Okay. I'll take Oregon State. Um, riding, riding the Beavers. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, they've, 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 uh, they've shown that they are a good enough team, and I think Utah has a lot of weaknesses. I think they're like, they're like eleven point dogs in that game. I think Oregon State can definitely win that game. 
I like that too. I like that pick. I obviously was on Oregon State last week, but I think yeah, I don't think Utah is that great. Um, speaking of Utah, Utah State, who they have? They had somebody this weekend. I think oh, they you know, have uh, they playing Washington. No, BYU. BYU. I like yeah. Utah State sneaky against BYU this weekend. Utah State. Um, if you don't know the story about Utah State's coach, uh, absolutely tragic. Go look it up. Um, in a, about in the last, I think two years. He's lost his wife to breast cancer and his son to suicide. Um, And he kind of came out and talked about that a lot this week and how much the program has been able to get him through. So just a really great story there. I mean, kind of what he's been able to do at Utah State um, over the past few years, they've really become, you know, a legit group of five contender. Um, So just a great story there. So that's a team that I like. um, And I think they have a good shot this weekend. Um, When I saw that uh, they were playing BYU, I think there's a good chance that they could give him a game. So, uh, Shout out Utah State, the Aggies. Um, best of luck there. And uh, everybody obviously pulling for the coach. Tragic situation he's been in. Absolutely. But, um, I, I like uh, I like your guys' upset picks this week. I like that a lot. And uh, I just can't wait. Uh, you never – best thing about college uh, football is you, you just don't know. Last week's slate looked pretty light on paper, and we ended up having some great matchups, great games. So can't yeah, wait for, for sure. this weekend. This weekend's slate looks great, and uh, hopefully it lives up to the hype for sure. I got one more for you. Okay, uh, Louisiana, Monroe. Yeah, the Warhawks. They're seven and a half point dogs. I like them against Arkansas State and the over 60 and a half. Give me a shootout. I like okay. the over. So if you really okay. want, if you're feeling froggy, Louisiana, Monroe, seven and a half point dogs against Arkansas State. Oh, if, we'll jump. I like we'll it. We're going with a deep cut there. Oh, yeah. All right. Come for the hits. Stay for the deep cuts for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. And then an over 60 and a half. Over 60 and a half. I, I don't like I think, who was it? Fordham was playing someone last week. I forget who. And uh, the over was 70. And it ended up going, I think they scored 110 points between the two of them. So it uh, went way over. So those high overs, a lot of times. I love the, the they, when they can't set it high enough. So it just yeah. goes, it's like, yeah, those are the best. Those are great. I so. love those. Those are great. Nothing like a nothing like an, a, a preposterous over when it just goes way way. It's those are those are great. Yeah, and it'll be good to get some overs on the board when when you look at the big matchups. I like a couple of the unders, so it's no fun rooting for unders. You got to have some overs on the board too. Life's too short, right? That's right, man. Dude, unders are fun over. lately, though. I've been hitting some unders, although last night that over was a gimme. What a, what a, what a freebie. That's true. So uh, I think that'll uh, that'll be it for EMQU this week. Be sure the rest of the week we got EMQ bets coming up. We got Pat Stan's Inc., which I'm sure is going to be a great show this week. They have a lot to give up, get a, a lot to go over. Um, you had, I think Zach did uh, Friday night or not? Friday Zach night. put on a put on, put on a, was, another. Zach did an hour and a half diatribe last night. Uh, it was another one. It was quite a show. He put seems on quite to a be, show. It seems to be his weekly thing. It gets me through a lot of my drives. To be honest, just the ramblings of a madman. So you got that to look forward to. <laughs> On uh, Niners at night, you got Anthony with his Friday night flights talking about the Jets uh, came back to earth a little bit this week. Um, you got the uh, what is it the Sunday slate too? Yep. The other betting show. Um, I know there seems to be a little bit of a rivalry between EMQ bets and Sunday Ain't slate. No rivalry. We're cleaning <laughs> the floor right now. Yeah, can't can a hammer and a nail be a rival? I get it. That's uh, that's kind of how we feel right now. So, uh, but I mean, a lot of great great content out there for you. Um, all over the network. So, I mean, thank you again for uh, everybody tuning in. And uh, you guys got anything else going on? 
I would just plug that uh, this is a pretty special week in the Every Morning Quarterback brand as Saturday will be our yeah. 100th episode. 100th. Let's go. Since the, uh, since the brand relaunch. Um, nice. So, yeah, looking forward to some stuff we'll be putting out later this week on social media. We'll be going to be counting down um, some of the, the top five most cringy moments that have happened on our show. Uh, and then I'm going to have the top five plays in NFL history of 100 yards or more oh, in honor okay. of the 100th episode. And then we're going to have some special shout outs from some uh, famous people who have been on the show. There's not that many. Antonio Cromartie, return to field goal. Oh, there's more than you think. <laughs> it's wild. There's like there's like an Ed Reed play. There's even yeah, like right. a Joe McKnight yeah, kickoff return. Uh, I just like to remind everyone tuned into yeah. the show to watch uh, Brennan's Big Cajones pick. Get you some free money every week. Uh, aye, yeah, yeah, hit the Colts. Yeah. Everyone doubted me. I'm going to keep bringing it up forever. Uh, Three and zero though, three and zero on big cojones, and uh, you guys all pretended like it was outrageous when I took the Colts this week. That's all. <laughs> well, watch out for all that hundredth uh, episode. I mean, the longevity is awesome. Hundredth episode celebration going on on social media all week, and then uh, if you want to make some money, get your money in good with Brendan's cojones for sure. Um, but again, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We got to throw a, a close it out video onto this brand, Anthony, but we out of here. I was just trying to do that too. Yeah. <laughs>